Welcome to the Broadway Brains by Lucy podcast, hosted by your host, Lucy Domingo. Join Lucy every week to discuss your favorite theater topics with your favorite theater stars, wherever you may be. Today on the podcast, we had Jonah Platt. Jonah Platt is a multi-platform creator and performer working across many different aspects of the entertainment industry. He is a writer, vocal arranger, and a musical theater actor. He, in the theater world, he is best known for playing Fierro on a successful run on the Broadway production of Wicked. Thanks for listening. Hi, Lucy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. So to start us off, could you tell like the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, oh boy. Um, well, my name is Jonah Platt. I am uh, from Los Angeles, California, where I currently live with my wife, Courtney, and our son, Joey, and our dog, Lucy. Uh, and um, I have, uh, in my career, done a lot of different things in the entertainment industry. Um, it would take a long time for me to go through all the various turns and twists that I've taken, but some of the highlights have been starring as Fierro in Wicked on Broadway and uh, playing the voice of Milton Moss on the DreamWorks series Trolls. Um, I have appeared on a number of different TV shows and stages all over the world as a comic performer, as a musician and singer, I've arranged music that's been seen by millions of people and heard by millions of people uh, all over the world. And uh, I have four siblings, two brothers, two sisters, and that's a a pretty good summation. Great. So um, to start us off, I guess we'll start with Wicked. And so what was your process on to getting on the show? Um, You mean like what was the audition process like? Yeah. Sure. So uh, I got, I heard through my agent that they were interested in having me audition for the show. Uh, Obviously the show's in New York and I was living in LA. So I did a a tape. I had to put together a tape with a couple scenes, uh, sort of Fierro's pivotal moments and uh, bits from Fierro's songs, the two songs, Dancing Through Life and As Long As You're Mine. And I had two of my good friends help me out. My friend, uh, Caitlin and my friend Krista. Uh, one of them helped film. One of them played the the witches in the scenes with me. We made a little tape uh, and I sent it in. And a couple weeks or a couple months later, I was driving to meet my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, Courtney, for lunch. And I remember my agent said, hey, we got the call. You're in. They want you. I had to pull over. I was so excited. And uh, it was... Um, One of those moments I'll never forget. Sorry, lag of it. Um, So what was the moment, like, maybe in the show or throughout your process that you were like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm being on Broadway and all that stuff? That happened all the time. Uh, I don't know if that ever really went away. I I had to pinch myself all the time. I mean, every every it was my first Broadway show, my first and only so far, and uh, every second of that experience, I was trying to just enjoy and and soak in and never take for granted, and just keep saying to myself over and over my brain, like, "Oh my God, I can't believe this is real! I can't believe I'm on Broadway!" You know, getting to be on that stage for the first time, and um, 
you know, doing that, the, the curtain calls, just amazing. And, and uh, meeting up with fans and signing autographs at the stage door after and seeing how much people love the show and our performances and um, getting to do some of the like, you know, like Broadway and Bryant Park kind of concerts, the, the, the things that like members of the Broadway community all do together, getting to be a part of that. Just, it, it never got old. It was always thrilling and um, just a privilege to get to do. Amazing. And also <laughs> like adding on to that, what was it also like to be like in such an iconic show that is like really iconic? Yeah, it's it I was I felt very lucky. I mean, it was just so cool to get to walk into that blockbuster that had been running for so long already. Everybody knew what to do and uh it already had, you know, obviously such a built-in amazing fan base, people who come again and again and again. So just get to be a part of that amazing legacy and to go into a show that I love so much just as a fan of musicals. It's, you know, as a writer of musicals, it's something I look at all the time uh, for all the things it does so well. So to be in such an amazing story, to be a part of that and to be playing this role that, you know, a lot of people have played, but not so many, um, but like to be in that line of Fieros is just so cool. And like, you know, something I'll, carry with me for my whole life. And again, that it, it never got old and, and the fans and their excitement always make it fun and exciting and fresh. Awesome. So what do you think, uh, what do you think is something that you would do kind of to like make a role your own since like there are some people who have played it before you? Right. So it's tricky when you're coming into a part, like you said, that others have done before me you have to stay true to what people expect of the role and what, you know, the creative team wants you to sort of color within certain lines, but there's of course room to bring your own essence into it, let's say. So I, I wouldn't say I necessarily was like, Ooh, what can I do to be different? I just made sure that I was always being true to myself and delivering my lines or you know, whatever I was doing, doing it authentically, Jonah. And, you know, as um, Stephen Sondheim said through Dot in Sunday in the Park with George, uh, let it come from you, then it will be new. And sort of that's sort of my philosophy with that kind of thing. You know, there's there might be a hundred Fieros, but there's only one Jonah Platt. And as long as I'm making my choices, it's going to be specific to me. So that's what I tried to do. So. So out of like Fiero's songs and scenes, do you have any favorites? Oh boy. Um, it's a good question. It's a really fun role, you know, cause you sort of, Fiero comes and goes a lot throughout the show. So whenever he comes in, first of all, he always gets to come in in an awesome way. So like the show starts, I get to come in napping in the back of a carriage and be like brought in. That's always really fun. Uh, he gets to like dance into the ballroom. He gets to swing in from a rope. He gets to like be standing on a platform and get pushed up at the beginning of act two. So like at all these fun entrances, uh, get to run in with the lion cage. Um, the lion cub scene is really fun where he and Alphaba have their first sort of connection. That's a great scene. Um, the, uh, the thank goodness exchange with Glinda where Fierro is sort of, showing his true 
personality sort of for the first time and how he's sick of everything, but then sort of has to push it all down again and play the part. I love doing that. Um, that's really fun. And then of course, um, the ending of the show and like the big reveal, which I won't say anything more about. They don't like us to talk about it too much for people who haven't seen it yet, but um, the big ending is always a blast to get to do. Ooh. Okay, so now I have some like questions for like general acting. So first, like what got you into like the entertainment industry in general? Sure, so I was born into it in, in more ways than one. Um, my parents are huge musical theater lovers. That's one of the things they bonded over when they first met in college. And they used to sing together and do shows together. Um, so me and all my siblings, have that passed down to us, that love of musical theater. That's what we used to listen to around the house when we were little. And that's what we would watch on TV was movie musicals. And anytime some great new musical would come out on Broadway, my dad would get us the soundtrack. And whenever the first national tour came to LA to the Pantages, we would go see it. We always took trips to New York and would see Broadway shows. So that was always like, that's like my earliest memories are of just Broadway musicals, loving it, putting musicals on with my siblings and cousins uh, in our backyard or at my aunt and uncle's house. And it, it's, it was just our, our bread and butter. It's like what we did all the time, all of us. So that's part one. That's sort of where the theater and the Broadway and all that comes from. It's just so organically from my parents that way. And then the other stuff I do in entertainment, um, my, my father works in entertainment, um, his career changed a lot while I was growing up. So um, it, it, uh, it always looked a little bit different, but I, that was always the world he was in. And when I was growing up, his main gig until I was about 12 or 13 was as a studio executive. So he was always reading a ton of scripts at home. So there were always scripts around um, and he was on sets a lot, popping into different sets. So I got to go to some sets as a kid and see what it was like behind the scenes from a very early age. So I was always uh, like a behind the scenes kind of kid growing up um, and, and really saw it as from the business side and the storytelling side. And uh, it's, you know, the same way that kids often go into the same business their parents do. It's because that's what they know and what they've been immersed in. Uh, that was very much the case for me. It's sort of what I've always known and plus being my passion. So it, it all made sense that that's sort of where I wanted to go. Amazing. So adding on to that, what is it like kind of having that support system and doing like the family business? Having support when you try to pursue a career in the arts is one of the most important things you can possibly have because for 99% of us, it is uh, quite a struggle and quite a challenge and quite a grind. Um, just, you know, uh, there are, there are many highs, but many lows and many moments where you question if you have what it takes, if you should keep going, if you're ever going to make it, if you're ever going to reach your dreams and without having a support system, be it friends, family, siblings, whoever, without someone who loves you telling you you're great and to keep going, it's, it's very tough. Uh, so my family's always been very supportive. Um, that's definitely been a big a boon for me. Uh, I've, I've also had been blessed to have many supportive 
friends and extended family and amazing fans who have been sort of accumulating over the years from the small stuff I've been doing in LA to Wicked and beyond who have always been so supportive. And that definitely helps keep me going through the tough times. Um, so I, I just feel very, very blessed for sure to have such, such supportive people around me. Amazing. So if you had one, like maybe one that stood out or multiple, what do you think was like a turning point in your career? Um, I'll tell you the first one that comes to mind that was definitely a big turning point for me was uh, the musical Hair at the Hollywood Bowl in 2014. Uh, that was probably, and, and the funny thing is those musicals that they do, that it take place from soup to nuts. It takes like two weeks, the whole thing because it's such an intense process and it's just a weekend of shows. Those two weeks transformed my entire life. So I found out about the audition, I think just through Actors Access, through just like, you know, public website and sort of everybody in town that I knew, all the actors who were doing all the LA stuff, the LA theater crew were sort of small but mighty. Um, everyone was going out for the ensemble because the hair ensemble obviously is quite large. And we knew they were going to be going after celebrities for the leads, but the, they needed a big tribe for the show. So everybody was going out for it. Um, and so I, I went in, I did my audition and it went really well. So well, in fact, that as soon as I finished my audition, the director, Adam Shankman said, here, here's a monologue for Woof. Here's the Woof audition side, go outside, take 10 minutes, come back in and audition for Woof. So I did that, came back in, did the Woof audition with, you know, five, 10 minutes of prep and I ended up booking the part of Woof, which was I, I was the only non-celebrity to have a principal role. And getting to go through that process with, you know, huge TV and music stars uh, and Broadway stars in the leading roles and film stars um, and know that I not only, you know, could hack it with them, but was excelling in my role and doing an amazing job and you know, having people in the audience were cracking up and my feedback from my whole cast and everybody was just so positive and I got really nice write-ups and just, I could feel, I was like, hey, I really belong here. I, I can do this at the highest level with the best of the best. You know, there's, there's no difference between me and other people working in the business today, except they are working and have great opportunities and have, you know, built out careers and I just haven't yet. But in terms of like talent and ability, I belong here. And so that was huge for me. It was huge for my sort of my profile a little bit. It sort of took me up to another level. I didn't get the opportunity to audition for Wicked for Broadway until after that had already transpired. Um, and then also equally, if not more important, it's where I met the woman who would become my wife was doing hair. So within that two weeks, it sort of took my career in a new direction. It gave me new confidence and it introduced me to the woman I'm spending the rest of my life with. That's so cool. So now I wanted to talk about like you do you do do other things. So like composing and writing. So what drew you into doing like other things besides acting? I guess I've always just done whatever I felt like doing. So Oh, like I mentioned, growing up, we were always putting on shows. So I was always like writing shows and directing shows and making up music and stuff always as a kid. That's like just was natural to me to just make up my own stuff. Um, 
And I was lucky to like be empowered by certain people throughout my childhood. My drama school teacher, Janet Adderley, I went to this place called the Adderley School for the Performing Arts here in LA. And she sort of right away helped me to feel empowered to explore my talents and allowed me, I was the first student she ever allowed to direct a show. Um, She let me like rework the script for some other show when I was 18. Uh, and I taught there as a staff member. She let me, you know, make up a whole new show to do. She was just always making me feel like, absolutely, you can, I totally believe in you. You're great at this. Uh, that gave me a lot of confidence. And so I just sort of was always doing it. I, I always was forming my own stuff. And um, yeah, I just have in my career, it's for, for better or worse. I've sort of always gone wherever my energy is. Um, in a way it's helped me because I've been able to do all these kinds of different things that have been interesting in a way it sometimes it maybe has hurt me because I'm not laser focused on one thing the way a lot of people are who you know find success a little bit earlier perhaps um, but that's just sort of always been my personality is to jump around a little bit from thing to thing and wherever I, uh, I'm most desired or wherever I'm most passionate about that's where I'm going to put my energy so with the other arts, did you do anything for education for your writing or composing? Yeah, um, I took a lot of, I, I, I did a lot of improv training, uh, starting from when I was 14 to really when I was like 17 or 18. Um, a little bit, I started with the Groundlings. They have like a teen program here in LA. That was like the first thing I did. Uh, and then I was able to study it at my school, uh, Harvard Westlake had this, um, summer intensive acting workshop it's called where they let you have a taste of all these different parts of the arts. There was improv, there's Greek mask, there's dance, there's X, Y, and Z. And I just love the improv part of it so much that I, uh, basically brought it upon myself. I said, I'm going to start an improv group at the school. So with some help from some teachers, uh, uh, I came up with a plan and established the Harvard Westlake Scene Monkeys, which is now like in its 14th or 15th year at the school or something. Uh, and so I was able to be working on improv all the time there. Uh, and that definitely had a big effect on me as a writer. Uh, I ended up having my own group where we would do uh, improvised musicals called One Night Stand. And that training that muscle of the improv that worked my writing, my acting, my composing, my singing. I was, that was all all kinds of training there. And then in in college, I was a creative writing major. Um, I wouldn't say I learned too much from that. It was more like some fiction writing stuff. And I learned a lot about like screenplay formatting, (laughs) uh, like how to like make a screenplay feel like a real screenplay. So I guess that was helpful because I ended up being a writer's assistant for a lot of TV shows uh, and my, uh, facility with the programs and making things look neat and tidy helped me in that regard. Um, but I guess my best sort of education has been sort of reading books and then working. You know, I learned a lot from working on TV shows as a writer's assistant or writing for stuff myself, uh, and just being in the room with people who are more experienced than me and seeing how things get done. Learned a lot from my dad who has made a career out of being a storyteller um, and just reading a lot and watching a lot. Awesome. So as a writer, what was it like getting the opportunities to write, uh, for some like really amazing shows? Like, 
Um, so I, I've, I've worked as a writer's assistant on some really amazing shows. I've written on two not so amazing shows, um, but that I'm grateful for the opportunity. Uh, and I'm actually de uh, developing my own show right now. I finally uh, was able to sell my own series um, to Apple Plus. Um, it, we're, we're on the way, it's in development right now. So hopefully it'll be coming to a TV near you in the near future. Um, but it really was, um, it's a tough road being a writer's assistant. You know, in some ways it's wonderful. Like I said, you get to learn a lot. In a lot of ways, it's very frustrating because you're, you're there to do clerical work. You're not really there to be a writer. Um, so you have to be good at that part and just sort of enjoy being around and try to learn as much as you can before you get too bored. Um, so I, I was very lucky. I got to work on Family Guy as a writer's assistant for a couple years, which had been my favorite show growing up. Uh, and I learned so much from the guys that they just have such an unbelievably hilarious and, and talented staff um, and a lot of really great people who I learned a lot from. Um, that was very lucky. And um, I, I've had a number of other very lucky opportunities, but, th but that one definitely sticks out as one where I really felt like I, I gleaned a lot that's helped me uh, to create the projects that I'm, I'm working on today for sure. Awesome. So, um, what is your, for like your show and stuff, what's your process for like thinking of storylines and stuff like that? So it's, it's always very specific, specific to the project you're working on. So the project I'm working on right now, uh, it, it's basically a social commentary about today's society, but it takes place in the past in history. So when I'm trying to come up with storylines for that, it's a, there's a little bit of a formula in my thinking, at least to start. It's I think about, okay, what contemporary idea do I want to be the focus of this episode? What do I want to make fun of? Uh, so then once I lock in on that idea, I think, okay, where's the best place in history that I can, that's, that's uh, a parallel of that where like we've already done this, made these mistakes as a society. And it, that part's actually pretty easy because America tends to never learn from its mistakes and we do the same dumb things over and over. So it's, it's not too hard to find a time to, uh, to place my storyline in. And then once I have that, um, it's all about finding the most active, uh, conflict rich, uh, stories you can find. I, I worked for my first job out of college was working for Greg Daniels, who, was the uh, showrunner, excuse me, uh, co-creator of The Office, the American Office. And one of the things he, I mean, it's very simple. It's, you know, uh, but he, he said the things you need in a TV show are motivation, stakes, turns, escalation. You know, just four terms. I'm sure many other writers would say those same in different words or in a different way. But I always think about those. When you're writing like a TV comedy, that's sort of what you need. You need what's what's motivating the character, what's going to be at stake for him to get to the or him or her to get what they're going after. And then as you get to, you know, your act breaks, what's the oh, no, I didn't see this coming. That happens. And how does it keep ramping up so that by the end it's like, oh, my God, everything's going crazy. And sort of once you figure out that kind of formula, uh, it makes it a little bit easier to lock your story pieces into it as you're crafting your stories. 
Awesome. So, moving into like the musician slash arranger thing, um, what was it like kind of conceiving a show for Jagged Little Pill? Okay, so are you so Jagged Little Pill? I I'm not sure which Jag. I've been involved with two Jagged Little Pills actually. So let me start with the first one, which is the one I was more heavily involved with. So this was also in 2014, very pivotal summer for me. Um, a creative collaborator and I decided to take that album, Jagged Little Pill, and turn that album into a show uh, with no dialogue, just using the songs in order to tell a story that we crafted. Uh, and we put it on at the Rockwell table and stage in LA. And it was a really fun challenge for me. Um, I had had a lot of experience arranging music just sort of like on my own growing up and stuff, but really as the the musical director of my college acapella group called Off the Beat at University of Pennsylvania, uh, which was, we would do really complex, interesting arrangements. And I learned from a lot of great arrangers before me. Um, and so this was my chance to really like reorchestrate and rearrange this awesome Jag Little Pill album and turn, you know, female solos into group numbers or trios or a male duet or whatever uh, and change up the instrumentation and just do all the fun things I like to do with music. Everybody sort of has what turns them on and I have certain styles of harmonies I like and certain musical dynamic things that I excite me when I hear them and that's sort of what I put in my music. So we got to do that and it was really well received. You know, it's a small kind of venue um, so it's not like it was, it blew up or anything, but everybody who saw it really loved it. And the arrangements are really awesome. And the, uh, you everybody who saw it loved it. So then it just so happens that they announced they were going to be doing Jagged Little Pill on Broadway and taking the album and turning it into a show. And I said, Hey, I've done that. So, uh, I found a way to connect with Tom Kitt, who was going to be the musical supervisor on that show. And I said to Tom, Hey, Tom, I know you're Tom Kitt and you certainly don't need my help in any way, but. I just did this whole thing. I've arranged all this music. I know it inside and out. If there's any way I can be a part of this or be helpful to you as you, you progress with the show, I'd be honored. And Tom being the nicest man in the world that he is was like, sure, totally come help me out. You can come assist me. So I went in and did the first, I believe two like workshops of Jagged Little Pill in New York, um, the show that ultimately went to Broadway and just got to sort of, learn from Tom a little bit. Tom, he writes so fast. He, he generally would be like doing a whole arrangement in, in a day. And I'd be sort of in the room, um, taking notes and helping people with stuff and giving him arrangement suggestions. I've like one main thing that stuck into the show, but mostly, you know, he was doing his own thing, but it was just cool process to be a part of and to be associated with it in some way. What was such a musically awesome show and, uh, just a, a very cool experience. Great. So kind of looking forward, what are some like goals for the future in your art? Um, definitely to get my new animated show into production. I'm, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm working on the pilot script right now. Um, Apple has sort of basically, they bought the concept, but they have to now see the script and like it and want to make it into a real show. So that's my number one goal right now is to make that happen. Um, I've also written with two co-writers, uh, a musical adaptation of the book, The Giver, 
which we finished last summer and are now trying to attach a director to. So I'm hopeful we'll be able to do that soon and keep that show moving. We've been working on it a long time and I'd really like to see it on a stage. So hopefully that's coming up. Um, and then um, as an actor, uh, sadly due to the pandemic, you know, I haven't been able to really act in quite some time. Um, and hopefully I'll get the opportunity to do that in some regard in the near future because I love it and I miss it. Awesome. So what do you think is something like you haven't really done in your career, but think it might be cool to like try out? Great question. Um, I would say two things jump into my mind. One is uh, there's a screenplay that I've been working on for like a hundred years that I've done like 20 drafts of, but I've never gotten it to that final draft where I wanted, I'm ready to go shoot it. Um, and so one day getting around to finishing that uh, is a big goal of mine. I also have a second musical idea that I really like that I just have to finish. That's another one. Um, and then the other one I would say uh, would be getting to originate a role on Broadway. It was awesome playing Fiera, but I would really love the opportunity to be part of a new musical and get to be the person who creates that part. Uh, I'm involved in two very cool original musicals right now as an actor uh, called Walk on the Moon is one and Found is the other. Um, and both I hope will have lives in the near future once the pandemic settles down hopefully and theater comes back. Um, I really hope those will continue to climb on the trajectories they were on before the shutdown. And so who knows, maybe I'll get my shot, um, but it's kind of out of my control. So I'm just trying to control what I can and let the rest take care of itself. Great. So kind of final question, what's your advice for like young performers looking to maybe like be, do different arts or maybe do musical theater? <sighs> Let's see. I try, I like to give sort of specific advice if I can, but I'll try to keep it general. Um, I guess something that's just so important at any level, no matter where you are, is you have to, have to, have to believe in yourself and believe that being yourself in your work is what's going to make your work good. If you, if you do your work trying to be like somebody else, it's just not, you're not going to have the same level of success and, or of fulfillment. I mean, you, or of confidence. It's just hard. You, you just, the more you believe in yourself and the more confident you are in what you're doing, the more it frees you up to just do the work, have a good time and bring yourself fully into it. And that's when you stand out, you know, um, there are a lot of people who are right for certain parts. You know, there's a, a billion people who could play Fiero or whoever you want to say, but it's you being you that brings something special to it. And when the casting people or the director, whoever sees your version of whatever it is they're casting, they're going to cast you because you have brought something to it. And like, that's what they, they didn't even know they were looking for it, but they saw you and it brought the character to life in, an, in a way that's amazing. And you only get to that if you believe fully in yourself and that what you are doing as you is going to be great. Thank you for listening to another Broadway Brains by Lucy episode with Jonah Platt. And I hope you had a great day.